0: I I don't really know how to start. I need I I need theme music. I need a theme song for this episode. I feel weird. I feel weird with the like you're gonna press play on this episode and then there's no buffer. It's just me. Just hello, hi. We're starting. It's it's happening now. I need some sort of like I need like <laughs> Taylor's here and he's got a podcast and this is it. that's what you are about to listen to. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of my podcast is the Taylor Johnson podcast. See, that's what I I need. Something like that. I don't have it yet. So we just got to deal with it. It's just me talking to you immediately. This is, was there a weird noise? Did you hear that? Was that in my head? Did my voice do something weird? I heard something. Hey guys, last night I had a dream that I was going to murder someone. And I don't I don't know how to talk to anybody about this. And I haven't said it to anybody yet. It was legitimately a nightmare. Like I woke up so scared because it, it was it was. <laughs> I don't know why I'm admitting this to you. Last night I had a I had a nightmare that I was gonna murder someone. And not like I was sneaking up behind them. Like I had captured someone, I had tied them up in my room, and I was planning on how I was gonna kill them. And I was at the house that I grew up in. Maybe I'm telling you a little bit too much. Hey, if you're in the counseling field, turn this podcast off because I don't want to know what this means. I was in the house I grew up in and I was in my old bedroom and I was like figuring out like, how am I going to kill this person? Then I heard the garage door start to open and like, oh no, someone's home. I'm going to get caught. And then I try to strangle them. And I was like, I just, oh no, I, I picked up their body and I was like, I gotta get them out of here. And then eventually I was like, I'm gonna get caught. I might as well just kill them right now. And, and I was like, as I was doing it, I was, I was thinking like, how do I frame this to make it look like I'm defending myself? And then I woke up freaked out. I woke up so scared, like, what is wrong with me? I should not be telling you this. This is, look, 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 <laughs> it was bad. And it was a weird dream, and it really scared me. I need to go pray. Hi, welcome to the second episode of the podcast. I'm Taylor Johnson. This is the Taylor Johnson Podcast. A lot of great stuff is coming up in this episode, but before we get to anything else, before we get to the interview, I want to check in with my friend Glendon. So let's give him a call, just like we did last time, and we will do we will do all the time. Oh goodness gracious. I look, I'm still like second guessing. If I'm going to leave that part in about my dream, I don't even know how to transition away from that. I'm just trying to move on. Like uh, anyways, I have shared too much information with you now. Now we're going to move on to the next segment, but you know what we are. Let's just take a moment. Let's get, let's gather, let's gather our things and move on to the next part of the podcast where we're going to talk to my friend Glendon. So forget everything that you've heard so far because the next thing is, let, let's call Glendon. Let's, let's talk to him. Let's do that right now. Hello? Hello, Glendon. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing good, Taylor. How are you? I'm terrified. That's how I'm doing right now. Wait, you're terrified? I am, I am
0: freaking out, and I've been waiting to talk to you about this. Uh, until we started recording, I'm so nervous right now because I've ordered a ton of t shirts for a couple of events that I have coming up where I'm gonna be doing stand up. And I thought, oh, you know what? There's gonna be really big crowds. Uh, I should have t shirts ready to sell when, you know, after the thing is done. And so I made t shirts. Uh, and I ordered more than I've ever ordered. Like I've never done an order this big. I usually order a hundred at a time and I ordered 200 and I'm so scared that no one's going to buy one.
1: Oh my goodness. Hey, just find the nearest, uh, mission, mission trip. And, uh, send, send those unsold shirts over. With well, he,
0: this is why that would be super weird because the t-shirt just has a picture of my face on it.
1: Oh gosh. Yeah. Wait, that's it.
0: That's it. So like the idea was it's, it's a picture that I use in my standup because I talk about, um, I did an event where they took pictures at the event and everybody else who spoke at the event got really awesome pictures taken, but they took one, only one picture of me and it's the worst picture possible. It looks terrible. And so I show the picture, everyone laughs, and I thought, oh, wouldn't it be funny if I made a t-shirt that just had that ugly picture of me on it, and then I sold it after shows? But now I'm scared no one's going to buy it, and I'm going to have 200 shirts with my ugly picture on it that I'm not going to be able to get rid of.
1: Are you doing your patented um, over-the-top smile in the photo?
0: No, it's, I look angry. Let me send you the picture. Hold on. So literally, everybody else looks really great. Everybody else, there's pictures of them on stage holding a microphone. You see the crowd. It looks incredible. And literally, I'm one of the main speakers, and the only picture they took of my face
1: is this. Oh, my gosh, Taylor. <laughs> yeah. It's a bad picture. Wow. Yeah, and and this this angle of you... Is one that's rarely seen. <laughs> okay. Well, that's good to know because
0: my fear is that like, because I look at the mirror straight on, but I'm taller than a lot of people. And this picture is from a lower angle. Angle, And when I saw this picture, I was like, oh shoot, is this the way that everyone sees me?
1: No, 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 no. Yeah. And that, that thing in the back, like, do you always have that?
0: No, I do not. My hair does not always look that bad. I don't think I had showered that day. I, I had to fight because people react pretty strongly when they see the picture and they laugh really hard. I don't like showing the picture because it is a bummer for me to look like that.
1: Man, that's great. Um well I can't wait to get a discounted t-shirt with that picture on it.
0: I've sold other terrible, like dumb t-shirts and I just like Uts? Oh uh, yeah, I sold a t-shirt that said straight from the Uts. Off of the joke that I would tell about going to milk a cow and I would sell it at youth events where like camps or retreats or conferences, anywhere where students are given money by their parents and like, here's some extra money for the trip, be responsible. And then they don't buy some dumb t-shirt. Yeah. And I would love to like be a fly on the wall to the moment they come home, like, oh, what extra money? Like, give me back the extra money that you have. And the kid is like, oh, I don't have any extra money because I bought
1: this shirt. I would be so ticked.
0: I put, look at this picture of this ugly
1: guy that I have <laughs> on a T-shirt. What could this guy possibly teach you about God? <laughs> 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 the pain and misery of following Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 200. Let's see how many you sell. Can't wait to find out this weekend
0: this weekend is the first so i have this weekend and then in a couple of weekends i've got two pretty big things like this this first one i think there's going to be like 150 students there so like obviously i'm not going to sell out unless people are like i'm buying one for each member of my family which that would be i would oh. i would deny them that a bit. i would say no don't do that don't do that to your family
1: <laughs> then buy them as christmas gifts
0: yeah mothers day is coming up <laughs> Um, so how are you doing? How are things with you? What's going on?
1: Oh, I uh, started teaching Haley how to drive. She has her permit. And now I'm doing parent taught driver's ed. Oh, man. How does that feel? Um, Weird, Um, scary, and like proud. It's weird. I don't know. It's like it's a gamut of emotions to be honest. Like, I don't know, man. Like sometimes I'll look over and just think, man, she was so little, you know, I don't know. Now she's, I'm teaching her how to drive. Then I think about my dad teaching me and like, yeah, it's, there's a lot of emotions. Like I don't want to cry right now. So have you, I don't
0: know. Have you like been in the passenger seat with her driving?
1: Yeah, so we did that yesterday for the first time. It was She did a good job.
0: You didn't scream?
1: No, 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 no. I mean, I probably raised my voice, as I'm often criticized for doing, <laughs> but just like, whoa, 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 you know, or uh, break, break, break. <laughs> but that's just like, you know, it needs my attention, or she needs my attention to like, hey, let's apply the break on this turn. I'm doing 30, but wow, yeah, that's so that's so what i am been up to. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. All right, so your event's this weekend. So call me next week. I want to find out how many shirts you sold. I can't wait to find out. Okay, all right. Oh, man,
0: I hope there's a few. By the time this – when this episode comes out, it'll come out on Sunday, and it, like the event will have already happened. So if, okay. you're, if you were at this conference and you're listening to this episode right now, I hope you're listening wearing one of the T-shirts.
1: Oh, wow. Post a picture of you wearing that shirt while listening.
0: Yeah. Dang. With the with hashtag
1: one of the few. <laughs> one, one of the only. Oh, man. All right. All right. I'll talk to you later, Glendon. All right, man. Later. Bye. Bye.
0: Oh man, oh man, I really am very nervous about this stupid shirt. I have 200 of them. They just showed up at my apartment the other day, so right now in the other room there is a giant stack of boxes filled with 200 of those stupid shirts with my dumb ugly picture on them and I have no idea if anyone will ever want to buy one of these. When I placed the order, I was so confident in the idea. I was like, this is going to be the greatest shirt ever. This is genius. Everyone's going to want one. And then slowly, as I waited for them to come, it was like I was waking up from a dream and realizing, oh, no. Oh, no, this is a big commitment. Oh, no, I'm not so sure about this anymore. Oh, really? Oh, and then they showed up, and I took one out of the box, and I was like, oh, no one's going to want this. You're going to have these shirts forever. You're going to go broke because of these stupid shirts? So I'm scared. I'm very nervous. We'll see what happens. I'll let you know next episode. Look, now you got a reason to listen to the next episode. Make sure that you're subscribed to find out what happened with Taylor and his very dumb shirt idea. But now... Hey, let's transition. This episode is just me doing a real bad job of transitioning from thing to thing to thing. Another great, wonderful transition. Let's pack up our things and move on to something else. Each episode of the podcast will include an interview on something that I would consider important or maybe just something that I feel like I need to learn more about. And this episode is a little bit of a mix of both. So I travel and speak a lot of times to adults on Sunday mornings or at conferences or events like that, but I'm also a part of a team that does school assemblies throughout the year. We go into junior highs and high schools and I get to talk about my favorite topic, which is vulnerability and the importance of being open and honest about what's going on in your life. And because I'm in these assemblies talking about this with students, a lot of the times kids will wanna come up and find me afterwards and talk to me about their stories about what they've gone through or what they're struggling with. Sometimes I'm one of the first people that they're telling about this stuff, and it's a huge honor, but also it is always so wild because I have no idea what these kids are gonna say, and often I am blown away by what kids are having to deal with and go through at such a young age. So I kind of wanted to find someone that I could talk to about this. So I'm talking with uh, Garland Owensby, who is a professor at Southwestern Assembly of God University, which is where I first met him when, while I was a student. Uh, Owensby is over the youth ministry program there, and one of the classes that he teaches is called Contemporary Issues in Youth Culture. And I never took this class when I was a student, and I'm still kind of mad at myself for not doing it because... It always sounded like the coolest class, like totally different from every other theology and ministry class that you would take if you were at a Bible school, because it looks at what is happening right now in youth culture. What are students dealing with? What are they going through? What are their eyes being open to? And how is it affecting them? And this is a great conversation if you are involved in youth ministry, if you have a, a teenager, if you are a student, or if you're just a human being. Because what is so crazy about these issues is that even though they start when you're in youth, if you do not address them or look at them, they can continue to affect you the rest of your life. Like, I feel like for most of us, if you were to, I don't know, take something that you're struggling with or something that you deal with right now, and follow the breadcrumb trail back to its origin, you would probably find that it leads to something from when you were young. And so I think this is a really important topic, a really great conversation that I got to have with Garland Owensby. So here it is, uh, me and Garland talking about contemporary issues in youth culture. So, you teach a class called Contemporary Issues in Youth Culture. Yeah,
2: yeah, I do. How long have you been teaching that class? Uh, I think it's been at least a decade now. You know, I mean, time flies and everything, but I, I, always, I always say it's the class that takes up the most amount of my time. Cause, oh, really? Well, because like every other class, every other class, you get it and you tweak it from semester to semester. This is a class. It's like okay, I've got to redo all the illustrations because this whatever artist isn't popular anymore, or I've got to look up this stat because is this stat still true? And you know, so it's just it's a ton of work. Probably more work than I thought I was getting myself into. But so what? How how would you
0: explain what the class is to somebody?
2: Okay, Um, it is looking at adolescence. And teen culture the way it is rather than the way we wish it was. Mm -hmm. So, because there's really this tendency, um, you know, you you hear it with like speakers and they go, you're the generation that's gonna change the world, right? And it was weird the first time that wasn't about me anymore. The first, yeah. like, I was like, that's me, that's me. And then seeing a speaker like, oh, that's not me anymore. That's yep. those guys? Yep. What, what happened to us? Yep. And then guess what? In, in about 20 years, you're going to stand in front of an audience and you're going to go, our generation has let you down. Oh, no. We missed our opportunity, but you're the generation, right? And th- that's literally what it is. Because I remember being in college and they're like, you're the generation that's going to reach the world. And, and literally, like... Last semester, there was a speaker, our generation has let you down. And I'm like, I'm your age. It's <laughs> like, dude, come on. You know? Um, wait, what were you? What, 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 <laughs> uh, uh, how would you explain this class to somebody? Oh, yeah. So yeah. the way it is, not
0: the way that we would like yeah, it to be. Yeah,
2: because like I tell them up front, um, the very first page, it's like, guys, we're going to see things and we're going to talk about things. We're not going to do it in. Um, a vulgar way. I'm going to use technical terms, but this isn't about uh, how rosy the world is. We're just going to say yes, teens self injure. Yes, they have eating disorders, and you know they're in your your church, whether you like it or not, and whether you realize it or not. And so we're just going to talk about how what it is to live as a teenager here and now versus everything's perfect and all these kids are great. Are you, are you, do you find that
0: it's uncomfortable for students? Because I remember even when I first started to uh, pursue talking about confession and vulnerability, I talked to a pastor friend just asking for advice. And he was like, "Uh, a lot of people aren't going to want to have you in because They don't want to find out how bad things are actually going in their church. Yeah, they don't. They don't want confession because they don't
2: want to find out all of these terrible secrets and just to see just how bad it actually is. Yeah, well, and and that's why I say I'm like if if you want an easy youth ministry, just stay in your office. Mm -hmm. You know, it's when you leave your office and you go on the campus, and yeah, that's that's when you find out about the stuff that they're really going through when you, you, know, you go see them at home or go visit them at, at work. And so it, the thing, I, th- I think the thing that makes people uncomfortable is when I bring up a topic and you see, you see them avert their eyes mm-hmm. or they get really quiet and you go, oh, okay, all right, they, they went through this. Oh, yeah. So if we're talking about assault uh, abuse. Um, the, the, the only one that I tell them ahead of time is with self-injury. Okay. That's the only one where I go, Hey, if you've dealt with this, there are some things that you're going to see in the presentation that you may not want to see. And so, you know, if you're not here, I'm not going to think anything. I'm not going to say anything. It's just you were just absent that day. Oh, wow. Um, but yeah, I think I think the thing that makes people uncomfortable are the people that have had it. Now, every once in a while somebody will go, "Hey, here's my story." You know, and that's I mean, that's, I think it's brave of them, you know, cuz I I had a I had a student, you know, "Hey, I I spent some time in a in a mental hospital and uh they referenced something that I had said in class and they're like, yeah, and that's why I can't watch that movie. Oh, wow. Because they're like, they just had it on repeat at this hospital. Oh. And they're like, so it just, when I, I can't make that disconnect. But yeah, so it, it is, it's uncomfortable. And, you know, depending on the person's background, they've never heard of these artists or they've never heard of, you know, this certain movie. Um but the, the thing I I tell him about this class is, you know, it's an old movie, The Matrix, but um, Neo, he goes, why do my eyes hurt? And Morpheus says, because you've never used them. Hmm. and And that's the whole premise of the class is this class changes the way you look at teenagers. It changes the way you listen to music. It changes the way that you watch movies and you no longer are just a consumer and you're no longer just the fish in the water. Now you're critiquing and analyzing everything around you and everything that comes at you. Did teaching that, has teaching
0: this class changed you? Like, I guess, I guess, I mean, you're having to stay
2: up to date with everything the more you investigate what's going on in youth culture, beyond what you see in church and the students you interact with, um, the more your your heart just like breaks. And I think that's the thing. It's like you want to stay in youth ministry, learn about all the stuff. I'll tell you one of the biggest things that's that's been um, a revelation to me is the effect of trauma, like oh. childhood trauma and adolescent trauma. And I'm gonna get this wrong, so don't, this is not like an absolute quote, but they, it was like the majority of people that go to counseling as an adult go for things that happen in early childhood or early adolescence. Wow. And a big part of it is they can't, when that stuff happens to them, they can't process it. And so, like, you know, mom and dad get divorced and they go, oh, it's my fault. Well, we're adults, we know it's not their fault, right? you know it's not their fault but they don't know it's not their fault or if a kid is sexually abused well if i hadn't dressed this way or if i didn't look that instead of saying wow that person was really messed up but like all this trauma it just really messes kids up and so part of this class is saying how can we help these kids to escape that trauma loop because it happens they don't understand it they go i'm worthless And so they put themselves in vulnerable positions. So we're saying, hey, can we as leaders be so invested in their lives that when something bad happens, we step in and go, you're not worthless. And so you don't have to give yourself away to this older guy and you don't have to give yourself away sexually and to feel better about yourself. You don't need to cut yourself or you don't need to drink or you don't need to have drugs, or you don't need to pursue pornography because all those things are just leading you into more shame and putting you in a position to be traumatized again, which will make you feel worthless again. And now you're just caught in this vicious cycle. You know? So I think that that's the, the biggest change to my life uh, has been understanding how any type of trauma can mess up a kid so much that we think they're making bad choices but really they're they're playing a different board game okay so here's here like here's one of the things most youth pastors take I shouldn't say most but youth pastors take this very absolutist view and so you'll hear sermons and it's like you shouldn't have sex before marriage okay you shouldn't steal you shouldn't do this and it's a whole bunch of like here's what you shouldn't do and I don't think we we do a really good job of explaining why mm-hmm. those things are bad. Because, I mean, like, literally, I I could go to any group and say, how many of you think it's good to steal? You know. But then if I ask them, okay, so why is it not good to steal? And they'd give me a good moral reason. But then you go, okay, where in the Bible does it tell you not to steal? Mm-hmm. Okay, so where in the Bible does it tell you sex outside of marriage is a bad thing? I think that's, like, one of the big things with this class is the culture is constantly changing, and so we're trying to go okay, so where's the culture at now, and how how are we going to respond scripturally? What would you say, like back when you started this class,
0: was maybe what you would have considered the biggest or most important part of the curriculum for that class compared to Today, like whether that is like mental health, this part is the most important for us to cover now because of how much you're going to encounter this issue uh, out in ministry compared to what that might have been. It might still be the same, but is,
2: is there a difference? When we started, we weren't talking about mental health issues. Oh, really? Yeah. We weren't talking about anxiety and depression at all. Um, we do now. Part of it though, Is, yeah, we have an epidemic with anxiety and depression among, among students. Um, I think some of it is self-diagnosed, which is scary. Uh, And as more people come out publicly and talk about depression, um, you do see a little bit of like, oh, wait, they're, they're getting a a little bit of attention, you know, and so I'm going to self-diagnose. And so it's like, okay, we've got to differentiate there. The biggest change, the biggest change. So when we first started, we would talk about issues of sexuality and we talk about homosexuality. Now we have to talk about a sexuality spectrum. Mm-hmm. And now we're talking about gender. So before it was just about identity because if you did know somebody that said they were transgender, they were probably in their 20s, 30s. You know, if you knew terms like non-binary, just they weren't on our radar, and they weren't being publicly spoken about. Uh, the idea of you know, as I've heard, there's a hundred different genders that that wasn't on our radar. The spectrum of sexuality, pansexuality, asexuality. Not saying that these things weren't felt by people, but nobody was talking about them. I mean, you, you think when we started, well, what? Even the issue of same-sex marriage, I mean, it, it wasn't legal. But again, again, we go back to this: Are you taking cues from culture, or are you taking cues from uh, from Scripture, right? And and I. Th- what we're trying to get them to do is to say, whatever you believe, whatever stance you take should have a solid scriptural backing and should have a solid way that you got there. Right? My my sister is Catholic. She's Roman Catholic. So she and I come to different conclusions, but I know how she got there. Okay? So... There are churches that embrace the the spectrum of sexuality and and gender. I know how they got there, right? And if I took that same way of reading scripture, I'd get there too. Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm I'm a little bit more. Not that I agree with them, but there is that level of sympathy of saying, "Well, at least I know how you got there." You know? Yeah. What What is it
0: like to teach that part of the class? As far as, like, student reaction, because I'm sure as things continue, you're going to have a lot more divided student body of, like, my best friend is this, or people who, Mm -hmm. you know, grew up in a different town with a different way of, you know, whatever their church background
2: is, who are more black and white, cut and dry. Yep. Well, and, and absolutely this issue of, okay, when I was in high school, there were zero gay people in my high school. Right. But a few years after graduation, mm-hmm. exactly. So, yeah. I definitely you. I, this is the big difference that I've seen over the years is the empathy or sympathy that happens because I know what you're saying, but my friend, mm-hmm. and that's always tough. It's always. Tough. I remember talking to 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 somebody. And we were talking about abortion, and he just went, has your daughter ever been pregnant? No oh, shoot. And I went, no. And he goes, do you think it would change the way you think about it if your daughter had been raped? And I'm like, I haven't been there. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't. And so I can still believe something but have sympathy for people that are – in a situation and i think i think that's sometimes where grace has to come in is i would i wouldn't have made that choice and i think perhaps it's a i think it's a wrong choice but i just got to i got to hand you over to god and you make peace there um, is
0: there cuz i feel like with a class like this a lot of the stuff that you were having to look at And consume can, like you said, like really break your heart um, and could like lead you to be just to feel defeated because, you know, it just looks like things are getting worse. You know, when it comes to like mental health and the suicide rate and Mm -hmm. and just like where we're going. Um, Are there things that as you study youth culture, are there things
2: that give you hope? Yeah, I mean, okay, because here's the thing. Abortion rates are down. Uh, they're not using drugs as much. They're not having sex as much. Uh, teen pregnancy is down. Like all these stats that we would look at as far as morality, and you know, and I'm I'm saying morality because morality and Christianity, they're not necessarily mutually exclusive. You know, you you can have morality without faith. Uh, But all these things, as far as we look and go, we could make a human video of that. All those things are going down. Mm -hmm. You know, what's going up is the self-expression of this is my truth. And that leads to, if it's my truth and it doesn't have to be your truth, then there's no institution that can tell me what's right or wrong. So as far as like having hope, yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think I'm hopeful. The thing that the course does, the thing the course does for me that gives me hope, it reaffirms why we need Jesus and why we need ministry. And I, I, I said this a lot of times: you get up and you want to preach, and you go, "Don't have sex. If you're having sex, stop having sex." Right? Without ever asking the question, "Well, why are they having sex?" Because you know what? Sex feels good. And so if you're having sex because sex feels good, you need to stop. But if you're having sex because your dad's not a part of your life and you want, just want to be loved, and so now you're going to exchange sex for love, yeah, that's, you can't just say stop it. You, you know, And this can sound very cliche, but what I say is sometimes you preach holiness and sometimes you preach wholeness. Hmm. And there are... Holiness is easier to preach because it's it's this, do this, don't do this. Wholeness is a process and wholeness is messy and wholeness isn't easy and wholeness means relationships and you don't have to be a counselor to do wholeness, right? To preach wholeness because that this is what Jesus was doing. He's like... I know what your longings are. I know what you want. Let me meet those those needs by giving you identity. He did it. I mean, he does it uh, by helping women, by elevating their status. He does it by elevating the status of slaves. He did it by elevating the status of all these men that were fishing when, you know, mom and dad thought they were going to have a rabbi. You know, so Jesus doesn't just take care of the morality. He takes care of the identity and so the thing that gives me hope is i look at all these problems and you go oh there's an answer for that it's not like it's impossible it's not rocket science you know it's okay you're you're acting out you're you're into drugs or into the sometimes drugs it's about feeling feeling good and sometimes it's about escaping yeah sometimes it's about feeling good and sometimes it's about not feeling bad yeah, exactly. Exactly. They, the thing they say when you talk to people with addiction is, uh, instead of asking them, um, "What are you getting from this?" Instead, ask, "What are you getting away from?" You know, because for a moment, for a moment, I cannot. Uh, I can have a, a a time where I'm not thinking about my life and I'm not thinking about my trauma and I just feel better for a little bit, and that's it. That's all these kids. They just they want to be loved. They want to be accepted. They want to know that somebody's going to embrace them, even in all their weirdness and their smell, you know. And um, that's that's Jesus. And so, yeah, there's hope. There's hope. It doesn't it doesn't have to make you depressed. It just makes you realistic about the job. That makes me think of what you said at the beginning of um, uh,
0: youth pastors and. I can't even remember what exactly you said about like just just staying in your office, oh yeah, and yeah. how it kind of changes your perception of what the job is mm-hmm. when you get out there and when you learn. I don't know because like, yeah, when you when you see the need, it changes what you would prioritize. I feel like yeah, of like looking cool and getting a big crowd <sighs> instead of <laughs> digging deep and like. Answering these needs with Christ, which—that's discipleship. Yeah,
2: which is not always what's focused on in youth ministry. We we live in a culture right now that is performative. You know, you and this generation has been taught uh, by the people of my generation or who failed, or millennials. Who failed us failed now, now who who said i think we can make a buck, a, a buck off of their insecurities uh, <laughs> so we said hey perform perform form you know uh, uh bo burnham has just yeah. great you know quote about that he's like they set up the, the atmosphere that said perform perform and you know and, so it, we're if you're if you're a youth minister and you live for wednesday that's a little scary Mhm right mm-hmm. because Wednesday is when the spotlights on you and you get to perform and we can couch it in like all these spiritual things but the truth is Jesus did really spiritual things outside of the temple and he did them walking with disciples and so this really great transformative stuff is happening during the week not necessarily on Sunday or Wednesday. It just so happens that on Sunday and Wednesday nobody's going to challenge what we say, you, you know. And so this whole performative thing is really dangerous to to ministry. And so I think you know, just scale back on the, the the lights and the fog and the hype, and just be real with with people. That's my old man coming out. That's what it does feel embarrassing to
0: now that I feel that way a lot of like, what are we doing here, guys? What is the point of all this? And it makes me feel like a grumpy old man who looks at these young kids running around. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't know. But you I I guess you just have to say it
2: in a in a way that doesn't sound like you don't start worrying about eating healthy (laughs) until you realize you can't sustain the life you're living. Yeah, that's why you don't see a lot of teenagers going. Man, my cholesterol. Mm-hmm. I just maybe I should be vegan, <laughs> right? They they don't. They're like in the moment. Get me some nachos. And it's only when you start getting older and you're like, I'm killing myself. That that you're like, okay, maybe I'm doing organic now. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's just you're the older you get, the more you can look back. Duffy Robbins, I thought this was so good. Duffy Robbins, one time he said, imagine. Imagine taking a group of students to the beach and they knew nothing about tides. And so the tide starts coming in and they're looking at the beach houses behind them they're going, "Are these people insane? They need to move these houses. They're all going to drown." Is it because they've never experienced that the tide comes in and the tide goes out, right? And so part of our job is to keep them calm, you know, and disciple them that Things are going to change, and your perspective and how you enjoy things. And the the point he makes is, you're going to figure out that the houses were built in a safe place. Hmm. And we can go through all these ministry fads and stuff, but we realize the scripture was built in a safe place. You know, Jesus should have written a story about two men building houses, one on sand, one on rock. <laughs> That's, that'd be really but good. That, yeah. But that's that's what it is. And, but then again, that
0: that takes patience, that takes time, and our culture moves so fast yeah. that it feels like we have to move just as fast as culture is moving with growth and with everything and just quick
2: results. So it's okay to be slow. They, I there was another quote I read, and basically, I uh, forgive me. I have these quotes, and I don't know who says who says them, but. Uh, said if the truth really or, i'm sorry if the church truly wanted to be countercultural they would invite people in to be quiet and be still because they're constantly bombarded with advertising and constantly you know something in their ear listening something grabbing their eyes you know there's always something they can scroll through said if you really want to be countercultural have them be quiet. But the thing is you come, if you were to go into a youth ministry and it was quiet, it, it can be, it can be scary. Cause you start, well, you know, talk about the marathon. And one of the things I said to you was, cause like, it took me over six hours to finish. And me too. Yeah. And I was like, that is a lot of time to just be in your head. Cause you're not, you're out there and you're in physical pain and you're in mental pain, and you just start thinking about life, and it, it'll mess with you. Yeah. So anybody that's listening, let me encourage you, go on a six-hour walk. This, yeah. There was a point
0: earlier on where I was like, man, this is a nice, hopeful ending. We could just end <laughs> it here. And now I'm like, how do we get back to that? Uh, oh, I got nothing. I don't know. Yeah. Um, do you okay well this it's okay if we date we date this podcast but like um is there anything in culture right now that you would recommend to people whether it is a film that is a great representation of where we're at right now or uh, music or a book or i don't know anything that people should go check out uh to as like a litmus test of where we're at or something
2: i'll tell you the I think it's a year old now, but Bo Burnham's eighth grade, I just thought was so good and so accurate. Cause it, it, you watch that. I, I always tell people, if you watch that and it doesn't break your heart, then don't do, don't do youth ministry because it's just, I, after the movie, after I saw it, I had to look up on IMDB to see if she was an actress Oh, wow. Because I, I just felt it was so authentic. And, you know, it's because so many times if somebody's making a movie about middle schoolers, it's a Disney Channel type thing where everybody's perfect and they audition and they sing and stuff like that. And you're looking at this girl and you're going, yeah, I know her. And you look at all the people in her class and you're like, yeah, I know people just like that. You know, that these are not the, the filtered glamorous people. They're just real people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think that is a great introduction to having your heart softened for students. Um, I I'll tell you one of the things I love and I love about middle school ministry is there's no filter. I it's just great. I mean you ask you ask a middle schooler how they're how they're doing, they're more likely to tell you exactly how they're doing. How are things at home? Get ready. You're you're gonna hear things that you know. So I'm like, let's take advantage of that, right? And and again, Bo Burnham, one of the things he says is like, you know, they're advertising their whole lives. Take advantage of it. See, see what they're putting out there. The other thing that's really cool, your greatest resource is gonna be students, okay? Nobody listens to them, <laughs> right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Nobody listens to them, or if they listen to them, it's long enough to give them advice. Mhm. So if you if you just like take a group of students out and go, "Hey, so tell me." They will. Yeah. It's and now, okay, cuz it's one of the assignments I have for this class is like, "Hey, guys, do a round table. Get get together like five students and hear some questions and ask them." And like one of the questions is, "Do you think it's harder to be an an adolescent today or when your parents were adolescents?" And just to hear, you know, their opinions. But almost every single student says, yeah, it took them a while to warm up. Yeah, And it's all because it's like, wait, oh, you really wanna know? Oh, okay, I thought, I thought this was just an assignment. And I love that. It's like, man, it, okay, here's, here's the hopeful ending. Okay, great. Hopeful ending. Your best resources are students. Go where they are, right? Go where they are and ask them questions and don't worry about being the teacher, be the learner. And once you've gotten access to their lives and you're learning about lives, then they're gonna let you teach them. It's reciprocal. Great. That's
0: beautiful. That is a
2: great ending. We right. did it. <laughs> we did it.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this. Hey, my my pleasure. all right everybody for this next segment i am here with my good friend isaac gutierrez isaac say hi to everybody hi everybody uh isaac last night on instagram i asked all of my followers what celebrity do they think that i could beat up in a fight what celebrity do they think that i could take in a fight isaac uh you were in fights in high school right (laughs)
3: that's that's such a weird i know
0: i'm not (laughs) hey uh it sounds like i'm just assuming i want everyone to know that we talked about this last night because (laughs) i've never he's just
3: assuming no 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 no. he said you've been in prison before right
0: (laughs) no 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 no. uh but you have you told me last night that last time that you were in a fight was in high school Mm -hmm. i've never been in like a real fight can you tell
3: yeah, kind of. Do I just seem like... You're t- too confident. <laughs> Wait, for, really? For like, uh, the time that we... Uh, there was almost a fight at that concert. Oh, yeah. And they were just like, yeah, you were too excited. And I, in my mind, I was like, oh, no.
0: <laughs> right, okay. So, yeah, we were at a concert together, and there were people in front of us who started to have a little bit of an argument, an altercation, because these two guys were getting more obnoxious as they got more drunk, and they were starting to kind of... Um, people were telling them to be quiet... And then they were like, they were like sizing them up and like, it was getting to the point of like, don't touch me, bro. Don't touch me, bro. And I feel like that's like three steps away from a fight actually happening. And neither of us, you and I, we didn't discuss it, but we were both just like, Ooh, man. Ooh. Uh, Well, I was excited because I was more excited because they were little, these guys, these were little guys and I'm bigger than them. And I feel like I could very easily pick one of them up. And so I wasn't afraid of them. And so I, yeah, Yeah, I was excited. They weren't scary. And I don't think, I I wasn't planning on fighting. I was planning on just like grabbing one of them and like putting (laughs) them on the ground. And
3: rubbing lotion on his (laughs) his belly. That's
0: a reference to a joke
3: that I used to do. That's a reference to Mike Verbellio.
0: Nope, it's a reference to a joke that I used to do. So yes, I have never been in a fight. Um, What do you think that I would be like in a fight? I think. What do you picture when you picture me fighting someone on the street? Do I immediately get knocked out?
3: No, no. Really? Okay, because yeah, I was thinking about this while I was peeing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, yes, because I told Isaac ahead of time, hey, here's what we're going to talk about. Not he was just <laughs> randomly in the bathroom like, man, I wonder what it would be like to knock out Taylor. No, um, see, we have to take these things into consideration first. How tall are you? You're pretty tall. I'm 6'2". So you're 6'2". And I weigh
0: 217 pounds currently. Dang,
3: <laughs> <laughs> I need to lose some weight. No man, it's all muscle. No, no it's but, not. And then I think the biggest thing is that you took up running like recently. So, no, for real, like. But so, mine's more endurance. It's not exactly. like speed. Oh, so that, like my need, cardio. So I can you like need endurance. Yeah. So like most people think that like a fight's like immediately a knockout, but that's like if you just lean into it and like get hit with the haymaker. Right. But if you're like very, like it it comes Two people are prepared for the fight. Yeah. It's a longer ordeal. So like that, that's what I'm thinking. You're pretty tall. Yeah. I'm pretty, (laughs) I'm pretty. I'm tall. Uh, I weigh too much. Just one thing. (laughs) You're just pretty tall. You're pretty tall. You have a long reach, and then like you have the stamina, you have the conditioning, and like that's like really the most.
0: But I don't have the mindset. I don't think. I think you'll uh,
3: once you. I,
0: I have. I do have survivor instincts. Do you remember the time that you all tried to tickle me?
3: Yeah, <laughs> it's a weird thing to say. We called you Elmo. And we just tried to tickle you, <laughs> uh, but a group of guys. Trying to tickle me, and I threw them to the ground, but so, but see, like that only lasts a little bit, like that little adrenaline. yeah, but I feel like it, you have conditioning. So like I have shampoo. It, you have cocoa butter <laughs> for my
0: stretch marks from when I gained too much weight. But, like, I, I did I have used cocoa butter because I heard it works for pregnant women when you get stretch yeah, marks, that's and what I they do. I got stretch marks on my thighs because they were growing too fast. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, there's nothing to say, and I shouldn't have brought it up. So, okay. Um, I asked Instagram what celebrities did they think that I could take in a fight? And first off, we got a lot of joke answers. We got a lot of people. Ha ha. It's funny to say that Taylor could only beat up children and dead people.
3: (laughs) With children.
0: (laughs) Well, here's here's one that's both. Shirley Temple. Taylor could take Shirley Temple in a fight. Ha ha ha. Um, Someone said Stephen Hawking. Okay. He's also passed away. And then there are other reasons why you would say something like that. Somebody said the gingerbread man from Strike. Well, I don't know. Who's Little Huddy? He's a rapper, I think. I mean, I figured. I figured he's not a senator. <laughs> <laughs> Duh. That <got> me. Why? <laughs> Frankie Muniz? I mean, I feel like that's an obvious one, too. Owensby said Stevie Wonder. Rude. Do you know that there are people who believe that he's not actually blind? He's not. There's a conspiracy theory that Stevie Wonder is faking it. And you know who's one of the people who believes it? Shaq. <laughs> Shaq has talked about it on TNT before. Do you think I could take Kanye West in a fight? He, he He's short, isn't he? I think so. Zoe said that, and she's an eighth grader. Shout out, Zoe. Bruno Mars. I could beat Bruno Mars. I had two different people say the devil. Jason Derulo. What'd he say? <laughs> you're dumb. got me uh seth myers i think i can beat him in a fight who do you think i could beat in a fight
3: see that well one you have to take a like a few things into account so you're pretty tall <laughs> you've already done this <laughs> no but you're conditioning so like most Stop saying it again <laughs> no but most fights aren't going to be like a. if both people are ready like it's not going to be like a one punch like right. you're out so like it depends on the other person, and also if they've had any training, because they could be small, but like if they have. So, char- like Elijah Wood, if he's had some training, if he's had some training. He's learned like, to fight with a sword. Well, if you guys are fighting with swords, we're not fighting with swords. That's not part of the deal.
0: Uh,
3: Mr. Bean, do you think I could beat Mr. Bean in a fight? He's not that tall, is he? Well, he's older now too. He's an older man. Hey, he's got that old man strength though. Is that a thing? Old man strength. Well, have you, have you met an older man? <laughs> I guess I have shaken hands with an old man at church and be like, that is a strong grip. So I, this is a real thing. Old man strength. Like once you get to like your 40s or something. I That's don't know not age. old. No, but that's whenever you get your old okay. man strength. Like your, Why do you have it? I don't know. It's science, but I don't know science. Paul Giamatti.
0: Do you think I could beat him up? I don't know who that is. Uh, big fat liar. You ever seen Big Fat Liar? Keep going.
3: What other movie?
0: Um, You know, he played Rhino in uh, the other Spider-Man. Get your phone out. Start looking these people up. I shouldn't be playing this with you. You don't know who anyone is. I told you,
3: I know three celebrities: Tom Cruise.
0: Tom Cruise could
3: definitely beat me up. Yeah. Keanu Reeves could kill you. Oh, absolutely.
0: What's his name? Hold on, I'm I'm air dropping you a link. Paul Stramboli. <laughs> no, <laughs> is that racist? <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, uh... do you think I could beat up Paul Giamatti, or would Paul Giamatti destroy me? I think that he would win.
3: I think it'd be like a. He's older. It'd be an even fight, but I feel like he has anger. That's the thing too. Like a lot, the wild factor. A lot of things would be like pretty even. Because I'm trying to think of like knockout fights, but like I think it, it, a lot of fights could be pretty even, considering your height. Stop <laughs> listing the same things. And your like uh, endurance, like that's all. I, like if you keep your distance and move around enough, like both of you would get tired. Where it was just like no, over. this
0: we're, we're going for it. This is like, this is like whoever loses gets killed. So we're fighting to the death. Okay. Who would you like to see me fight, whether I win or lose? Let's end with this. What celebrity, it doesn't matter if it's somebody that I could beat or they could beat me, a celebrity that you would love to see me fight? Who can you think of? Dr. Phil? The Kool-Aid Man? James Corden? Yeah, oh, Jimmy
3: Fallon. Why? Take down Jimmy Fallon. Oh my gosh, why? I don't like him. Oh. Do you think I would win? Yeah. Really? I don't know. I hope I would cheer for you. I think there's a good chance that you'd win, but there's also a chance that I lose. Hey man, it's a, a fight's a fight. You never know. Mm.
0: Do you think he's this ever a, been in like a punch a punch fight? <laughs> that sounded so stupid coming out of my
3: face. Punch fight. <laughs> hey, do you think
0: he's? Hey, do you think Jimmy Fallon's ever been in one of them punch fights?
3: Jimmy Fallon's who I'd want you to fight. Okay. All right. Well, let's make it happen, Jimmy. If you're listening to this, we're calling you out, Jimmy. If you're listening to this. I don't want
0: to fight you, but for Isaac's birthday, which is, when is your birthday? Today. Hey, am I supposed to know all my friends' birthdays? Because I don't.
3: (laughs) That's how we end it.
0: (laughs) I don't know anyone. When is your birthday?
3: December 27th. No,
0: that's my birthday. Oh, wait.
3: I know your birthday. (laughs) Okay. All right. When is your birthday? December 17th.
0: That's not true. That's Seth's birthday. Oh, so you know his birthday? (laughs) I don't know it off the top of my head, but if I hear it, somebody else say it, I know it. When is your birthday?
3: July 4th. (laughs) You
0: were born on 4th of July?
3: 1776,
0: baby. Wow. Well, this has been my interview with America.
3: It's July 10th. Is that true? Yeah. Are you lying to me? No, it's July 10th. All
0: right, well, everyone, mark it on your calendar. Isaac Gutierrez's birthday is July 10th, and for his birthday, I'm going to find Jimmy Fallon, and I'm going to let him punch me in the face. Welp, here we are at the end of another episode. We made it. We survived, even though I shared way too much information there at the beginning. But we made it regardless. I want to say a big thank you to Garland Owensby for being a part of the episode. If you want to learn more about Garland, you can go to his website, garlandowensby.com. He also travels as a speaker and a stand-up comedian If you're interested in some of the youth ministry stuff that he talked about in the interview, he actually has a thing for sale on his website. It's called Youth Ministry Audio Training, and it is over 40 hours of youth ministry training. And it's incredible. It's a lot of the stuff that he covers in his classes. So if you want to like, I don't know, get really extensive youth ministry training, I think it's totally worth it. Uh, To check that out, I also want to thank Isaac Gutierrez for being a part of the episode, and again to Glendon Greer for answering the phone. Thank you to everybody. Also, oh, I totally forgot to do this last time. I want to thank Lucky Star for the use of the song Shake Your Body, and also I want to thank Jordan Combs for the use of the songs Burnt Norton and The Dry Salvages off of the Quartet EP. You can find both of those on the internet. You can find it on the internet, and uh, that's. That's it. Hey, uh, leave a review on iTunes. A lot of you have already done it. Please continue to do that. Write ridiculous things in your review so that I can read them on the episode and make fun of the things that you say. Um, Tell a friend, tell an enemy, tell a local librarian about the show. Uh, But that's it, I think. Um, Yeah, we did it. All right. I will see you in the next episode. Yep. Hey, when you leave a review, don't mention the thing that I said at the beginning of the episode. Because if anybody like is like trying to decide if they want to listen to the show or not, and then they see like, oh, it's a great show. Except for when Taylor talked about the dream where he wanted to murder someone. I don't think it would make a good first impression. So let's, hey, let's leave that out. You can subtly hint at it, but don't go full on and bring it up. How about that? Okay. All right. I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. This was the
3: Taylor Johnson podcast and I was Taylor Johnson. Goodbye. I love you.